This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Hi, this is Mark Schaefer, author of The Content Code, and you're listening to The Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to The Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on The Marketing Book Podcast, the goal of which is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything discussed in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, I'm joined by Mark Schaefer, and we're going to talk about his most recent book, The Content Code, Six Essential Strategies to Ignite Your Content, Your Marketing, and Your Business. And stay tuned to learn how you can win one of three autographed copies of the book. More on that later. Mark Schaefer is a globally recognized blogger, speaker, educator, business consultant, and author who blogs at one of the top marketing blogs in the world, businessesgrow.com. Mark has worked in global sales, PR, and marketing positions for nearly 30 years and now provides consulting services via his firm, Shaver Marketing Solutions. Mark has advanced degrees in marketing and organizational development. He enjoys teaching social media marketing courses and is a faculty member of the Graduate Studies Program at Rutgers University and has lectured at many universities, including Oxford and Princeton. He's a popular public speaker. I can personally attest to that, having seen him speak. And has appeared in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Wired, Forbes, Fortune, CBS, and many other big media outlets. Mark is the author of four other best-selling marketing books, which are Social Media Explained, which was Amazon.com's number one selling social media book in 2014, Return on Influence, Born to Blog, and the best-selling book on Twitter in the world, The Tao of Twitter. Mark is also the co-host of the Marketing Companion podcast, along with Tom Webster from Edison Research. Full disclosure, I am a big (laughs) fan of the Marketing Companion podcast and have listened to every episode. Mark, Wow. (laughs) I'm a loser. Mark, congratulations on the content code, and welcome back. Thank you for that. (laughs) Only losers listen to my podcast. Join well, me, won't you? Right, right. Well, there's at one point where you guys were talking a while back and you said, you know, Tom, or you said, you know, Tom, we, we probably only have one listener. And I was thinking, oh my God, they're talking about me. <laughs> well, yeah, we like to make everyone feel special, Doug. Thanks. It's working. It's working. <laughs> so uh, I just have to reveal something to the audience here. Full disclosure, I am wearing my content code t-shirt Ooh. for the interview. Ooh. And I so, bet you are just so dashing. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the T-shirt makes me look better. So mm. anyway. Well, Mark, all of your books are about solving what seems to be a big pressing question, like how do I get my head around social media or how does Twitter work? What am I supposed to do? What What's this whole thing about blogging? But really mm. tough topics. So this is no exception, this book. Can you describe what the problem is that this book addresses? Well, I think you could argue that this is the most difficult time ever to be in marketing. 
And, you know, a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago or 12 years ago, marketing was fairly straightforward. You had limited places to maneuver. You know, you had a couple network TV stations and, you know, maybe cable back then. Uh, you had, you know, daily newspapers. And, you know, all that is shifting and changing. And now everyone is a publisher. Everyone is a media outlet. The audience is fragmented. The channels are fragmented. The rules of engagement are shifting every day. And one of the biggest issues we all have to face is this idea of what I call malignant information density. It's not increasing in a linear fact, fa fashion. It's, it's, it's really uh, increasing almost algorithmically. And it, 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 it's just, it's just exponentially. Uh, Exponentially, that's the word I was yeah. looking for. I knew it was some math term. I never wasn't my best subject. And um, so here we are. And and I've been obsessed with this idea of what do we do about it? You know, what do we are we just gonna sit back and let all this happen? Are we just gonna sit back and watch our organic reach on Facebook go away? Are we gonna watch our listeners migrate to other places to the big brands with the deepest pockets? And I thought there's got to be a solution. And so that, that's what led me to the idea behind the content code. I, I studied about this. I obsessed about it. And I think I have the answer. So to back up, a few years ago, let's say 10 or fewer, mm -hmm. there might have been a what could be described as a land rush. Mm. Uh, build it and they will come. If you were just publishing online, it got you a lot of traction. Sure. Sort of the first mover advantage of, of content producers. But then everybody caught on. and Well, not everybody, but a, a lot of peop people realize that they can produce their own content, publish it, and so forth. And it's true. The numbers are staggering about the growth. Then you wrote a blog post in 2014 about content shock. Mm -hmm. And that was, I looked at it today, there are, over 1,000 comments on it, just to give you, you know, the listener an idea of what a big impact this article had. Can you talk a bit about the, the content shock, which for me was sort of the, the predecessor to this book? Yeah, you're exactly right. It was kind of the epicenter. <laughs> it was like dropping an enormous boulder in a pond or and something. And you know, I never I never expected it. And that, I guess that's kind of the story of so many things in social media. Um, you, you just never know. That's kind of the business case of social media marketing. Um, I mean, I described content and, and social media really in economic terms. And in any human system, natural system, or... Um, in, a, in an economic system, when there's too much of something, things have to change. They have to adjust. If you have too much water or too little water, you have to adjust, for example. Um, and the same is going on with content. I mean, content is no longer a novelty. It is, you know, we like to think of social media as the great leveler, as the great equalizer, that it's... Um, uh, some sort of a place where you know everybody uh, uh, has a chance. It's a meritocracy, and if you've been out there working in the trenches, you find out that, you know very quickly that that is not true. That sometimes you can work very hard, create great content, and nothing happens. And it's getting harder and harder to cut through and rise above this noise to become 
uh, the signal. So that was really the essence of the post. And uh, the overwhelming sentiment was uh, positive. Uh, I think there have been, last I looked, which is a few months ago, more than 800 blog posts have been written about that blog post, not to mention podcasts. And it's been now in speeches and books and, and webinars and uh, but about you know more than 99% of the people say, yep, I get it. What do we do about it? Let's carry this conversation forward. And so uh, it, it led me to think, you know, uh, what is the solution? How, you know, how do what's we... What's next? What's, what is next? Where do we move this conversation? And so it really led me on this journey. And as I mentioned, and, and I'm not using the word flippantly, it, I became obsessed with the idea, almost in an unhealthy way. Uh, I became just mesmerized with this idea of what do we do? And what I settled on, Doug, is that we, we the conversation needs to move in the direction of ignition. If you look at the research and the and the statistics on the subject, that there are, there really isn't any economic value in creating content or even building an audience unless the content moves, unless it's transmitted between trusting friends. So not only is there a strategic imperative to examine this, there's an economic imperative because um, there's lots of research that shows that what people see when they share content, that influences the purchasing decision. Uh, There's tons of overwhelming research, and I think it will become even more profound as the millennials step up and take their place as the, you know, as the consumers, this is a generation that trusts no one except themselves. They don't trust brands. They don't trust companies, but they do trust content shared between each other. And so we need to start looking at who are these people that are sharing our content? Do we really know who they are? Do we know why they're sharing our content? Do we know where they're showing our content? And it it suggests a shift in how we examine our marketing priorities. And it suggests a a radical shift in our, in our strategies. And that's, that's what the book is about. Mark, I want to talk to you about something that other interviewers, I think, have been afraid to address. Uh oh. <laughs> I've heard some other interviews and I've read some other things. And the issue is that this book is the most badass marketing book ever. Right. Written. Right. <laughs> well, and, literally. And it I is. say that not just because you wear a lot of black and you're a Steelers fan and all that, but if we could start to talk about the content code and perhaps you could explain. There's six parts to it. Yeah. And I was wondering if we might be able to briefly walk through uh, what they are and explain why, why this is a, a, such a badass book. Well, uh, as I started to you know, go into this research and uh, start to organize the book, I, I realized that if you take the first letter of each of the six categories in the book, it spells badass. And so literally, I created a, a badass strategy. So briefly, the six categories are B, 
is branding. What I discovered is that branding is more important than ever as a way to ignite content. And I, I give examples in the book where sometimes the sharing of content has nothing to do with the content mm -hmm. and everything to do with the person or the organization creating the content. Everybody has a brand. Everybody has a personal brand, but not everybody has a heroic brand. So I go into the book, how do you create a brand that transcends content, literally transcends social media and SEO? So that's the B. Well, and could maybe you could also explain mm -hmm. the notion of the uh, friend of yours in DC in PR. Oh, right. As yeah. An example. Yeah. Well, you know, Shanali Burke is a, is a tremendous uh, business professional based in DC, and she shares every blog post I write. And now think about this. I mean, no one is more keenly aware of. Uh, what they're going to share than a PR person. And I said, why do you do this? And she said, well, you have never let me down. I trust you. You have never, ever written a blog post that I wouldn't be proud to share, not only with my audience, but my friends and my family. I trust you. And I think that's a really important takeaway for the book. At least I hope it is. I, I hope that message comes through. That it's sad to say, Doug, that that honesty and trust. I think it's a distinguishing characteristic today. It's a way to differentiate yourself because there's so much stuff out there. You know, native advert advertising and sponsored posts and you know paid links and. It's it, everything is blurring together, and I think there is a place for radical honesty, mm -hmm. and I think I hope that comes through in the book. It does. So let's go to the A. A, well, A is a concept that people really seem to be latching onto in the book, and it's about audience, and not just audience. It's it's an entirely new way to think about your audience. And that refers to some of the characteristics I talked to talked about earlier as far as who are these special people? Who is this elite group that shares content? They are the ones that are the bedrock of your business, providing this economic value. And I call this the alpha audience. And so this is a chapter that explores why. Why are they sharing? How do we get into their, their minds? And an important idea in the book is that people share for emotional and intrinsic reasons. They're not, or I should say rarely, economically motivated to share content. And yet, that is the first thing companies turn to to try <laughs> to get people to share. Yeah. They turn to advertising and promotion and SEO. And you can trick people into clicking a link. You can, you can use those techniques for discovery. But you can't trick people into sharing content. You've got to go deeper. You've got to create that emotional connection. Mm -hmm. And so there's definitely a place for that. And that leads us for D, which is uh, distribution, advertising, promotion, and SEO. So I do have an entire chapter on that. And the interesting thing is that this is the only chapter that really takes money. 
which I think is one of the cool things about the book is that there are ideas in here that can fit any business of any size with any budget. And if you just work on a few little ideas from the book, you're certainly going to be better off a month from now than you are today. But there is a place for this. But I think this chapter puts a new spin on how we need to view distribution and advertising and SEO in the context of sharing of content transmission, which, as I said, I think is, is needs to be the, the marketing priority now. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, <laughs> no, no. There's some, there's a, it seems like there's a group of people that are thinking, oh, no, we don't want to pay to get our uh, information uh, distributed. I, I, I don't see why not. Well, I think it makes sense. I, I, I think you can't avoid it yeah. in, in, in many cases. But I, I think one of the ideas I'm most proud of about the book is, is showing where SEO, for example, fits in the marketing mix. It's not a Band-Aid that, fix, that, that, that really fixes everything. Mm-hmm. And I think so many businesses and advertising agencies in particular, that we're, it's almost like a crutch. And we need to look at it more strategically with what are our goals and what types of content are we trying to elevate? And so I, I think that's one of the more interesting takeaways from the book. Um, then the next A is kind of the mysterious chapter of the book. It's, it's about authority. And the best way to explain authority is to refer back to this blog post that you talked about around content shock. Now, this is a term I invented. So there's no predetermined SEO strategy for content shock. It was a completely original idea. And you weren't trying to, to rank for content shock that day. Well, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. There was no ranking for content right. shock. Yeah. And yet uh, a few weeks after I wrote this post, I, I Googled that term just to see who else was writing stuff out there. You know, mm-hmm. what, what, what maybe I have missed. And I was utterly amazed to see that I ranked third. The original article, the original idea with, a, with thousands of shares and hundreds of comments. I mean, this, you know, this was epic shit, as they say. <laughs> I mean, this, I had finally done it, right? Okay, and I just I was, Googled it and you're first, okay? So. Oh, am I first? Well, well that, at least okay. on, on, with me logged in here, everyone's Okay, well, is, yeah, it is different for everybody. So it's all coming together for but you, at least at, at that, yeah, it's coming together finally. <laughs> But at that time, I was ranked third. How can that possibly be? Mm-hmm. And the, the explanation is that the most powerful content didn't rise to the top. The most powerful websites did. Mm-hmm. And that some, some experts think that the authority of your website accounts for 25% of your Google ranking. Has nothing to do with the content. Has nothing to do with necessarily who wrote it it has 25% accounts for where it appears and so these more powerful sites they've been established longer than mine uh, rose to the top so i talk about in this chapter some ideas about how can you improve your authority or get around it the the next letter is s which goes for social sharing or social proof and well, shareability um, Oh, shareability is is the last one. Uh, I can do that first if you insist. There are no, two no, S's no, at I'm, the end, but look, you know I'm you're calling at, you're have, calling the freaking shots here, Doug. 
So look, I'm, I'm putty on, in your hands. Well, if it's important page. to you to cover shareability first, let me tell Mark Schaefer about his own book here. Uh, so let's cover shareability first. Well, I'm looking at page 39, and shareability comes next after authority. Yeah. Well, but uh, it's, it's two S's either way. Okay. <laughs> look. All right. Shareability. Well, and I usually share, shareability is probably the most important uh, part of the book. And in fact, I didn't go in in order, in badass order, uh, because I know that, you know, look, I'm a realist and most people are not going to read the book cover to cover, but I just thought if they get to one thing, they need to learn about shareability, yes, yes. which is just ideas to eliminate every single possible obstacle to getting people to share your content. So these are actually two chapters filled with lots and lots of ideas, practical ideas that you can implement of, you know, easily for business of any size. Then the last S is social uh, proof uh, and social signals. And, and this is just a, a, an easy concept to explain by saying, let's say you Googled, you want to learn how to grow beautiful roses in your garden. And you heard that this is, you know, something tricky. And you, so you want to learn about this and you get the results and you get two articles and they look pretty good. But one article has been tweeted two times and one article has been tweeted 256 times. Which one will you read? Well, of course, the one that has been tweeted the most. Mm -hmm. So you're choosing this article. This content is moving not because of the quality or the brand or the audience or anything other than a number. And so it's kind of a weird concept, but it's really, really important to understand that in the context of digital marketing. What is the role of social proof? We, and, and we need to you know, put it to use for our own good. And so that is the badass strategy. Well, it's great, and it, it's well worth the read. It's, uh, I think a lot of people might be disappointed, like they've finally gotten to this uh, understanding of content marketing, only to realize that that's just the beginning. <laughs> now they've got to do uh, even more in order to make their content uh, work for them. I know, but you've got to embrace that. We are in a time of cataclysmic change. Mm -hmm. And content is not the start, is not the finish line anymore. That mm -hmm. That's the starting line. Now the work begins. I mean, today uh, you've got to have great content just to have a chance, just to have a seat at the table. And that's part of the the, the Genesis for the book is that all the conversations today are about more content, better content, optimized content, cost-efficient content, opt, you know, whatever, you know, creating epic content. And, and that's good. We need that. But that is not enough to create economic value anymore. Mark, let me just change uh, the topic quickly here uh, as we start to wrap up. And I, I was recently asked to a question about, you know, marketing books. Are, are marketing books becoming more important? And mm. my thought was that, well, yes, <laughs> but paradoxically, it's because of the internet. And yours was an example I gave where a lot of these concepts behind books are now being somewhat beta tested online, just like <laughs> yours was. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then the other thing is that because of that, I, mean, I guess you could call it assurance or, or a much better idea that it's going to be successful authors are skipping the gatekeepers of, of publishers. Just, you know, the, the publishing mm -hmm. industry seems to be like w one of many 
uh, industries where the gates have been kicked open, like music or travel or news yeah. uh, and publishing. And I think you'd worked with publishers in the past, but and, and you're not the only one, but why did you not go with a big-name publisher on this? You published this yourself, right? I did. I, I did. I, I, I self-published. So the publishing industry, I mean, I'm, I can only speak for myself, but I know, like you said, there are a lot of other authors out there that are just – they're they're just frustrated, and they've had it with the traditional publishing industry. Publishers are supposed to bring you three or four benefits. Okay, number one, the most obvious one is, is you have a contract and you get an advance, so it kind of pays you money to write the book. But of course, you got to pay the money back over time through your through the sales. Now, I got sponsors for the book. I had two great companies, Dell and G-Shift, who stepped up and said, they're almost like a patron of the arts, and said, we believe in you. We believe in your content. We want this to happen. We are going to pay you money to write this book. And guess what? Doesn't G-Shift sponsor your podcast? Yeah, well? they do. Yeah, they've been, a, they've been a wonderful, wonderful company to work with. Mm -hmm. And very forward-thinking in this regard. And so now I've got this money, and guess what? I don't have to pay it back. So it eliminates this big advantage, okay? Advantage number two, marketing and promotion. Look, anybody out there, unless you're a superstar like uh, you know, John Grisham or Malcolm Gladwell, you are not going to get marketing support from the publishers anymore. You're just not. So that is neutralized because guess what? I've got money from my sponsors now I can use for promotion. Number three, like Distrib the T-shirt I'm wearing. Like the T-shirt you're wearing. It probably got me on your podcast, right? Because it fits and it makes you look good. Um, number three, distribution. All right. If you get into a bookstore, you might be there for a month. How many books are really bought in bookstores anymore? They're really not. So, I mean, I self-published and now I'm available through Amazon, through Kindle, through Barnes & Noble online. And so... Uh, there's not a real advantage for distribution anymore. And I think the final advantage is, is nuanced. And Seth Godin has actually written a lot about that, and it's this idea of ego that serves your ego to say, hey, I've got a publishing contract. I'm with you know, McGraw-Hill. If you can get over that of saying, you know, look, I wasn't picked. I picked myself. I'm going to self-publish there really aren't any disadvantages. You have more control. You make more money. You've got more distribution op options. You've got more promotional options than you're ever going to have because you know, you've got more you know, money coming in to do something creative. And I mean, I think the final straw for me, I mean, I, my, I've had you know, three books published through McGraw-Hill and they relaunched my Twitter book, The, the Dial of Twitter, a new edition came out last July. And so I did this little experiment to show how we could promote the book very successfully by putting a little bit of money into Twitter advertising, having promoted tweets. And they came back to me and they said, we're not allowed to advertise on Twitter. And I said, let me get this straight. You can't advertise on Twitter to promote a Twitter book. And I just thought, I've had it. This was just a corporate decision where they said they, they, they're not going to advertise on Twitter? Who, who knows? But I just thought, I've, I, I just can't stand it anymore. The, the publishing industry is so behind. 
and so broken that I have got to find another way forward. And so, I mean, my first books, I started started out self-publishing. The Twitter book was originally self-published, and then it was picked up by McGraw-Hill. So, I mean, I just, I just went full steam ahead. I thought, I'm, 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 I'm self-publishing this book. I self-published Social Media Explained last year. It became the best-selling book on, on Amazon for, in the social media category with no promotion, no marketing support from any publisher, no distribution from any publisher. And so I, I may never go back. I mean, never say never, but I mean, there are just so many advantages to self-publishing today. Um, uh, you know, it it just I don't I don't know where the publishers fit in. You know, this reminds me. I know this is going to sound crazy, but this reminds me of somebody who has used Uber for the first time, and they say, "I'm never going to use a taxi again." Yeah, it's just it was something that completely disruptive uh, for that industry, and you know, you have alternatives now, and they're just they're not going to go back. And there's lots and lots of industries that are uh, unable to um, evolve. Yeah. Right. And it makes me sad because I think there is an opportunity. If you look at, you know, I was just looking at some of the great successes of, of the Disney movie franchises. Okay, look, they own the Star Wars franchise. They own Marvel. They own, uh, you know, the films coming out of Pixar. And the idea is if you own the, the the content, the authors of the content, the sources of the content, you're going to be okay because it doesn't matter how publishing changes or how publishing is disintermediated. Uh, you are still going to own the mothership. And that's what I was trying to talk to anybody who would listen in the publishing industry is they need to not be a seller of books anymore. They need to be a talent agency. If you own the authors, if you wrap up the authors of the content, then you're going to be okay. It doesn't matter how it's disintermediated. You're going to be fine. They don't look at it that way. They look at, we're trying to sell paper books. We're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to soak this. We're going to stick here as long as we can. And here's the only word I have for them, Kodak. <laughs> right. Well, it, it also reminds me of the newspaper industry where they really, they, I still don't think they understand that they're in the news business. They, at least at local markets, they pretty much consider themselves to be in the newsprint business. And they're just, they're writing that to the bottom. I am seeing some, some progress in that area. In fact, on my latest episode of the Marketing Companion, uh, that just came out, I actually have a case study. And I'm so happy to report a, a success story in the newspaper business in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And I met the publisher and I'm just absolutely thrilled that they're turning it around. And you know what? They've got a social media first publishing strategy, very inventive, very bold, and it's working. I uh, am always encouraged when I hear about something like that, just for, amongst other things, the sake of democracy. <laughs> you know, somebody's got to go to keep track of these things. Yeah, we, we, absolutely, we need the press. We need for them to succeed. And uh, so I'm very, I'm very, very proud of them. Well, Mark, let me ask you, how can listeners best find out more about you and your book? You can find everything out about me 
on my site, businessesgrow.com. You can find my blog, my books, my podcast, and lots of free resources that can help businesses of any size. So if somebody wants to win a copy, one of the three signed copies, first uh, leave a review on iTunes and then go to marketingbookpodcast.com and send me a message uh, and tell me which review is yours and include your mailing address. The first three people will get them. The name of the book is The Content Code, Six Essential Strategies to Ignite Your Content, Your Marketing, and Your Business. The author is Mark W. Schaefer. Mark, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. A pleasure, Doug. Thanks for having me. And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. Links to everything mentioned are in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast newsletter to get notified of every new episode, its show notes, links, and other useful things. Also, at marketingbookpodcast.com, there are about 20 free marketing ebooks on a wide variety of topics that lots of people have found helpful. If you're one of the people who've left an iTunes or Stitcher review, I really appreciate it. And it has more impact than you might realize. A one-sentence review shoots the podcast way up in the listings. Finally, I get such a kick out of hearing from my listeners. It really makes my day. To send a message, just go to marketingbookpodcast.com and click on the Contact Podcast button. Got an idea or suggestion? Maybe I'm doing something wrong? Let me know. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Till next time. How's your podcast doing? Well, it's growing. I was uh, it was number two business podcast on iTunes, uh, new and noteworthy a couple weeks ago. Oh wow! 